Hey guys, welcome to my podcast Mind Maps, where each episode we will be traveling to a new destination on our mind maps, whether it be the mind of a friend that has started a nonprofit to a teacher with a YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's up? So today I have an awesome friend on the podcast. His name is Constantine and he is just super knowledgeable about stock trading and hedge fund stuff and finance. So we're just going to delve into that a bit today. So first, Constantine, I want to know just like how you got into finance and stocks. Um, when I was a lot younger, my dad was a big um, fan of finance and stocks. And so really, as far as I can remember back we've been having conversations about you know the stock market and how the how the dow jones was doing and all these indexes and so from very early on i was sort of exposed a lot to um you know various market terms and stuff like that and so i sort of over time it just becomes sort of a niche that you find yourself in by chance more or less and um so for me does my dad really into it uh we always had conversations that he was always sort of there to you know have answer my questions and things like that and so as i got a little bit older i tended to start researching on my own and um, being exposed to it and then um, researching it on my own i was more able to sort of get a a really good picture of the whole thing um, before i ever started investing money that's awesome to hear just like how you were exposed to it at such a young age and like that's so like your parents obviously kind of influenced your interest in um finance and like stocks right definitely yeah they um i would say when i started getting into it i was maybe like 14 uh but i started that's when i like really started um, looking into it more but i have been hearing about it since i was like 10 9 or 10 maybe um and having these discussions and learning about um sort of the the actual money market and things like that um and how also all the externalities that are influencing it like we can see perfectly right now um in this situation how everything's been influencing you know various sectors of the market and various um sort of groups of of uh, the economy including the stock market and finance um, obviously by a lot of jobs being, you know, furloughed or out of business right now, uh, that plays a huge role. And so they, they definitely, uh, piqued that interest by just sort of talking about what's going on as well back in the day. Also like kind of jumping into what, um, even younger kids should do. Like, what do you think people should, should do if they want to try to jumpstart and like learn more about just finance and stocks in general? Like, are there any, maybe I guess online games or just like something simple that's like easy for people to get into it? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so if I were to um, give advice to younger kids, maybe, or people our age too, who uh, mm-hmm. want, want to get into the stock market early on and learn something, um, I would definitely recommend a couple apps. So there's an app called Best Brokers. Um, it's a really good one. It's uh, partnered with, um, I forgot what it is. I think it's Charles Schwab, which is an investment bank. Um, they partnered with app developers to make this app uh, as realistic as possible. And uh, they also, there's also a couple other apps like Market Sim and uh, Stock Market Simulator. And uh, so if you just hop on the app store and try to download some of those, um, I think that they, they trade in real time. And uh, some of the apps start you off with $10,000 of um, spending money. And uh, Best Broker starts you off with twenty five grand. And I think that's a little bit much, 
Um, even $10,000 to start with is a lot of money, um, but I would definitely recommend sticking to uh, market simulator or stock market sim because those two are really ones that I've found have the much better interface and it's much easier to work with, much easier to learn. Uh, stock market simulator is the one that I primarily use uh, in the last couple of years and I still use it to try different positions, you know, rather than jumping right to a market and um, possibly losing money. I like to just sort of go on the apps and experiment with different strategies that I've read about or that I've researched uh, before putting actual money at stake uh, sometime. I never like knew that there was um, apps that you could kind of, I guess, practice trading and like they give you what you said, like 10 grand or 25 grand just to like practice trading and like stocks and all that. That's awesome. Um, but now I kind of want to learn more about your own personal projects that you've been working on because I know... Um, I think a while back I asked you about this. It was a hedge fund that you wanted to start with um, a friend, right? I can't actually release too many details because we're in the planning phase and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I can tell you a little bit about the idea behind mm -hmm. it. So uh, I'm working with a friend of mine um, and a couple other people who we, we want to create um, a flowchart more or less that's going to give people the ability, so younger investors especially, uh, to follow our steps of, we're taking all sorts of, you know, things into consideration like externalities. Um, we're, there's a, there's a, a, uh, a chart to follow and it talks about various externalities like political externalities, economic externalities, uh, you know, environmental externalities and how all these different things uh, are going to affect the market. We're just sort of shedding a light on the path to make it a little bit easier so that younger investors don't need to go through all of that, you know, figuring out how uh, a policy change, for example, is going to impact their market position. Were there any difficulties when you had to work with a close friend rather than maybe someone that you didn't know as well? So uh, what, one thing I found is that when you're working with a close friend on something, you, you tend to have more sort of confidence almost uh, when bouncing ideas back and forth. That also allows for a lot of like room for the other person to say, I don't, I really don't like that idea. And there's a pretty big like challenge almost sometimes to not take it personally because it's not personal, you know, but it, it happens to be that when you're working with people, you know, really well, and you've known for a long time and you guys are doing this out of like passion, you know, we're, we're not working for a company or anyone. Nobody hired us to do this. We're simply doing it for fun. Uh, but when you're working with somebody you know really well, it, it can sort of seem like, oh, they don't like my idea, so they must not like me. And that's definitely the wrong mindset to go with. So one thing that I did find difficult is um, when coming up with some of the smaller things, right? Like the roles that you have to take over in starting um, project or a business in some ways. And uh, also coming up with like names and things like that for the project. Uh, you tend to sort of drift back to what you want and the other person wants what they want because everybody's got a vision for something that they want to do. And when two visions collide, uh, it can obviously lead to a lot of conflict and you just can't let it get personal. You have to be able to go, you know, and do something fun with your friend, but then also come back and be like, okay, we got to work on this. We're both in it together, even though we may not agree on everything.
Mm-hmm. No, for sure, for sure. I totally get that. Um, so like you were talking about a bit of the planning for this project and how you have to come up with like the names, the different roles. Can you kind of give people an idea of how you organize that? Like, do you guys do you know calls and maybe make a doc or something like that? So to start with, uh, we sort of just met up in person and um, you know, ideas were flowing. We were talking about it. Um, eventually, when we got you know, home and whatever. We, uh, we did make a Google Doc, made a Google folder, and this was sort of just a place where either of us can put, you know, ideas and stuff like that. Uh, and then for a while, for a little while, we had uh, calls, uh, like FaceTime calls or just on the phone where we just sit and work on the doc together so that we can talk back and forth. That's really helpful because then it's no one in the blank um, of not knowing what's going on with the project. For anybody trying to start a project like this, I definitely think another good idea is to, so before you, you come up with this Google Doc, do your own research, right? So you make your own Google Doc, forget your partner for a second. Um, you got to like go in and do your own research to figure out what you want to bring to the table, right? Because I found that if, you, if, two, if both people are bringing something that they research themselves to the table, and then you put it in a, in a shared doc or a shared slide or whatever, then take a look. It definitely helps sort of clear the air of like, do you even know what I'm talking about? Because if the other person is really educated and the next person isn't so much, then it creates this sort of like back set where you need to go back and be like, all right, what don't you understand? And it just takes more time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely would start with doing your own research and figuring out what you want to do and how to do that. Details can all come later when you work with the with your business partner. Now that we've kind of covered, you know, how you started your huge project and um, just a little bit into your stock trading and just stocks, I want to get more into your whole mindset Um, because that's what this podcast is about is just like delving into your mindset. So my first question about mindset is, what do you think is your almost greatest failure? Not even failure, it can be like a regret. And what did you learn from it? I had a class uh, in sophomore year where uh, it was pretty difficult for me and I wasn't doing well uh, in the class at all. And as much as I tried, I just didn't get it. Like I went in for help with the teacher and I, you know, tried to research at home what I should do and try to learn more. Um, and I definitely think that my study strategy was off in in 10th grade. I definitely learned a lot uh, in my junior year, a lot more about did a lot better in uh, in every class. And it was just a lot, it felt a lot easier despite taking more hard classes. But this one particular class in 10th grade uh, was difficult and I ended up doing really poorly. It's my worst performance in school so far. And I'm not so much upset about the grade itself. I'm more upset about the fact that I just didn't do enough. As much as I tried, it, there's always that sort of, you know, disconnect where it's like, well, I didn't do enough. But then you think, but I'm doing so much though, you know, and that can be hard to, to fathom a lot of the time because people are thinking that they're doing a lot for, you know, bettering themselves in the subject or themselves in the situation and it just doesn't work. And so I wish that I would have found out a better way to study. And one thing I did learn from that is how to make a better way to study. Um, And that way was sort of, it's super simple, but my study strategy nowadays is really just to do as much as possible at school and then just recap at home. 
because the more you learn at home, I find that the more you're going to get like tripped up if you don't understand something. Whereas mm -hmm. in school, you know, don't talk to your friends for five minutes. Like just sit there, look at the problems. And if you don't understand something on the homework, go right in to the teacher and, and, and ask them about it. And that's sort of where I've been for the last year and it's helped me tremendously um, do much better in school. And uh, I've never had this sort of regret or failure again. So. so obviously you talked a bit about how you improved yourself from 10th to 11th grade, but now going into um, our next year, which is 12th grade, how do you kind of want to improve yourself um, Yeah, for next year? To better myself for next year, I definitely think that also like forget school for a second i just want to be more prepared so, so the summer for me is is a lot of you know experience gaining uh if you will and i definitely think that's good like for example i i got my first like job this summer um and so that's sort of helping me build a resume um in a professional environment and uh along with that later i'm also going to do a lot of prep for school and figure out how I can best sort of go in and, and uh, take on, you know, the new challenges that classes bring next year. So now talking about how you kind of are planning for the next year, and um, we talked a little about your work style too, about how you're learning different methods to, um, I guess, study um, better. So now I just want to talk about how you keep yourself organized. Like, are there any techniques or tips and tricks that you can give people to learn how to be more organized? So uh, for all of my projects and things that I'm working on, I have, you know, various folders on my computer. Um, but if you're not really talking about that, if you mean sort of like through the week and schedules and things like that, how I stay organized with things I'm doing, I think it's just some people are maybe a little bit more apt to, to be organized than other people. Like as tough as that sounds, maybe um, I'm not sure if it's super like really a skill you can learn, um, and I'm not sure I can give anyone tips there because I myself aren't really the best organizer. Um, I sort of just you know hang on to what I'm doing, and uh, then in terms of what I'm working on, I just sort of keep all that stuff on my computer. And to a lot of people, it would be a, a, a clutter. It'd be such a mess. But to me, it's perfect, and I know exactly where everything is. But I get what you're um, coming from, where you say, like, you know, everybody's different in the way they organize themselves. And like like you said, maybe some people will see the way that you organize different things as a clutter. And yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, now, looking at, uh, like, the future a bit, I want to know, what do you ultimately want to become? Or um, what is, like, your lifelong dream job? Dream. I want to start uh, my own businesses. So a couple ideas that I have, uh, I really want to start a construction company, um, not like road construction or anything, you know, I want to build, um, I want to take a real estate uh, development company, pair it with a design company, and then pair it with a construction company, so that all three facets of building a house or a store or another building, those are all under one management. Because I feel like a lot of the time, the construction company is very slow. Like in my neighborhood right now, we've got construction going on and it, it's going to take months. And so I really think it would be helpful if you've got all these different building, um, you know, people working under one roof. And uh, so that's something I want to get involved with. Um, I definitely want to start uh, a stock trading company. 
So more of a strategy company, like an advisor, um, I think you have to uh, educate yourself a lot to be able to help people. I don't think you have to go to business school, but I definitely would recommend um, studying you know, statistics or um, economics. More on the math side, more on the numbers side. Thirdly, I don't know. Um, those are really two big ones uh, that I want to get started with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I've been hearing a lot about how going at least for undergrad for business, like getting a BBA is kind of useless because a lot of the stuff in business you can really teach yourself. So like you were saying, it's all about getting um, statistics knowledge and economics um, and the numbers, which I totally understand. And like, it was awesome to hear about how you want to do um, like a construction company mixed with um, all the other elements of that and like selling a house. Because like I've been watching this Netflix um series it's called selling sunset and it's like a real estate reality tv show and like i never realized how much money you can make off of real estate like i was like damn these people are making like so much out of just like one sale so obviously if you have this company that has all the facets of um like making a house and selling it i think you're gonna make bang i i want to sort of pair the two together so like be a real estate investor maybe um because i think if you have the construction knowledge um like i've i I know this one guy just the contact I have, he is um, a real estate developer in Spain, and he started in construction. And so now he goes and houses with a golf ball, and he'll bounce the golf ball on tile because in in Spain a lot of the houses are built with uh, stone tiles uh, rather than like wood like they are here. And so he'll go in and he'll drop the golf ball, and it'll bounce, and he'll go, you know, it's hollow. And if somebody were to buy the house, that would be a big problem. I feel like I really take example from him that if you have the, the structural knowledge, you can be a much better investor and you could value properties at a much more accurate rate because you've seen how they turn out in the real market. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so the last question that I have for you that's mindset based, at least, is what is your greatest fear? My greatest fear is not being... Um, not being independent, so to speak. So, and I, that doesn't mean dependency. I think it's fine to rely on people to, you know, help you out in life. You, you need help. Nobody got there on their own. Um, but I definitely don't want sort of to not be doing what I want. Um, as, as, as almost like normal as that would sound, to me, it's probably the biggest fear that I would have to someday um, not be doing what I want with my life. And um, that takes various forms, whether it's financial uh, independence or, you know, just having a job that I can work, you know, whenever I want from wherever, that type of thing. Um, but definitely my biggest fear is not being able to do what I want because that's sort of the biggest regret, I think. If you're not doing what you really love, uh, I'm not sure if you'd be happy at all. My dream, on the other hand, is to do my own business. And I think when you have that sort of mindset and you've got all these ideas, it's just very hard to picture yourself not sort of being a dreamer, if you will, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Like, I get what you're coming from where um, when you just started talking about how you want to be independent and doing things that you're passionate about, I could definitely see why um, you want to have your own businesses and like, you know, be your own boss in a sense, not be working under somebody else. 
and I totally can see you as that. Like, I definitely can picture you as, like, this CEO of your own company, you know, making all this bank. Like, I totally see it, Constantine. So you should go for it. Um, so now for some fun questions. What was the last book you've read? Last book I read was called Africa History uh, by Elvin M. Josephine. It's a really good book. It uh, takes into the cradle of humankind, which is in Ethiopia where uh, the first sort of homo sapiens uh, erupted, where, where life, human life started. And it goes on to talk about hunter-gatherer tribes and tools they made. And it goes on and talks about, you know, colonialism later, you know, many, many, many years later. Um, and it goes on and talks about sort of how it all came to be, how it is today. And what was the best movie or it could be TV shows that you've seen in the last year? don't know if this counts in terms of movies or tv shows but i watched a documentary recently uh it was about the lehman brothers crash so uh, lehman brothers this company you know um and how they crashed um i've only watched a little bit of it but it's really interesting because right now the book i'm reading right now is about goldman sachs which is another investment bank and so seeing sort of how these two companies because Lehman Brothers was sort of one of those companies that's like too big to fail, uh, kind of like Pan American Airways. So Lehman Brothers would do a thing where they, let's say your salary was $100,000. Your Christmas check was half of your salary. So the guy who made 100 would make 150000 and And after a little while, that becomes unsustainable uh, because a company can't be that generous. Um, and it wasn't because it failed. And it didn't work out. And uh, it talks about a lot of the corporate politics too. Like the CEO had his own elevator. He didn't want to be in the elevator with the commoners. And that's really interesting to, to see how that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love like how you're reading and like, you know, watching all these different things that are immersing you into like finance and like, like you said, like the business culture, I guess, which is awesome to hear. Um, so what do you like to do for fun or just like in your spare time during quarantine? Uh, I like to play table tennis. Uh, my dad was a really good table tennis player when he was younger. And so uh, we practice a lot and we play a lot of matches in the basement. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. What else have I been doing? Um, during quarantine? Yeah, now that it's summer, I sort of just like to go outside and be uh, out all day long. Final fun question before the brain teasers. What would you do if you won the lottery? Definitely invest it. Um, yeah, I, there's nothing, there's not like one big ticket item that I really want. Um, like a lot of people might have like a dream car or thing. Honestly, if I won the lottery while I'm still like young, if I wasn't like 70, I don't think I'd spend, you know, a lot of it right away. I'd mm -hmm. uh, maybe invest half and just save the other in a savings account so that I have it. I can see you doing that, though. Like, that's so Constantine. But yeah, for sure. Um, now onto the brain teasers. Why is there fuzz on a tennis ball? Why is there fuzz on a tennis ball? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm really <laughs> mad at these. Um, I don't know if you give it color. Do you have an answer? My answer would be, um, you know how, like, I don't know if you've, like, played tennis, but tennis courts, they have, like, kind of rigid um, floors. 
like, I don't know what, what it's made out of, but, like, I was guessing that it has fuzz so that, um, when you're playing, it can have a bit of, like, tension between the ball when it hits, like, the rough ground. I have no idea. Yeah. Mm, maybe. So, so it's not like a bouncy ball, you mean? Right, right, right. It just, like, springs wherever it goes and flies away. All right. Yeah, makes sense. Last one. This is really easy. If you could choose one superhero power, what would it be and why? Fly. Uh, just so that I could circumvent a lot of things like traffic and I could, um, I mean, you know, airline is always way faster than road line. So if it takes you somewhere, if it takes you uh, five minutes to get somewhere, you can probably get there by flying in, you know, two minutes because the road winds. So that's definitely what I choose. So that was the final question. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It like means so much. And this was like such a good episode. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks for I'm, having me. Yeah, of course. Like me and I think people that listen to us will learn so much about stocks and just like how they can kind of jumpstart into stocks and um, a little bit about your mindset, you know, the awesome mind of Constantine. But thank you again. Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world and I hope you guys follow the podcast and stay tuned for the next episodes.